some and for some strange reason, there wasn't even any toilet paper. <laughs> Go figure. 2020. <laughs> remarkable year. Crazy year. But I don't think it was the worst year ever. I will not attempt to replay every dreadful scene of the production that was 2020, but rather let's look at some of the words that became common to us during that year. Words like fear, uncertainty, novel, novel, novel uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, words I had never heard of before. Wuhan, epidemiologist, lockdown, Zoom, sacrifice. We've been hearing that word all the time in our Christian circles, but now we're hearing it in a, in a different context. Sacrifice, um, um, contact tracing, <clears throat> unemployment, masks, social distancing, equality, inequality, equity, hurricanes Arthur, Beta, Laura, Omar, Alpha, Beta, Lambda, Bertha, and Omega, just to name a few. Locusts, murder hornets, earthquakes, wildfires and volcanoes. Shall I continue? Bubble and bubbles, quarantine, asymptomatic, flattening the curve, George, Ahmad, Brianna, frontline, essential and non-essential, peaceful protests, riots, etc. It was also a year that highlighted emotions that were already lingering just below the surface. Such emotions like frustration, misunderstanding, anger, rage, empathy, distrust, and even hate. Here's some other thoughts that you may have heard um, uh, in your relations or with media or different things that you listen to. Thoughts of end of days, the last days, the 2020 brought on these thoughts, um, uh, end of time, end of history, and the apocalypse surfaced in the minds of many. Did I say fear and uncertainty already? That, that was a prevailing thought, fear, uncertainty. These are just a few thoughts of words or a few words that dominated thoughts and actions for much of 2020, from March all the way through three days ago. The prevailing theme was uncertainty and the prevailing emotion, in my opinion, was fear. These two are really nothing new, but they were magnified in ways which we've never seen before. Fear was brought to the to the forefront. Uncertainty was given a front row, uh, uh, a place of authority in our lives. Another word that wasn't spoken but certainly comes to mind is trauma. 2020 was a traumatic year. We saw the death of a lot of people, some that you probably knew and had relationship with due to this, this COVID, uh, this coronavirus. We, we, saw, uh, 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 we saw a death on a real live death on television with George Floyd. Uh, we saw all these things. We saw uh, these, uh, I call them coordinated riots throughout the country. 
We've never seen that before. Uh, we saw destruction of property on, on a grand scale. Only second in, in, it only comes second to wartime, the type of, of, of destruction that we saw. It was unreal. So it was a traumatic year. We saw the worst of humanity on display in 2020. We got a glimpse of the possible destruction of systems that we've relied on for generations. You know, we, and in America, we've relied on the Constitution, whether we intentionally relied on it or if it's a subconscious thing. This is something, this is a, 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 a idea that has guided the country for 200 plus years of its existence. Um, uh, but we've seen the destruction of that. We've seen uh, uh, the destruction and the minimization of, of political systems that we've relied upon. We've seen the destruction of economic systems that we've relied upon. And we are seeing the destruction of religious systems that we have relied upon for generations and generations. 2020 was a horrific year, but I still don't know if it was the worst year of all years. We saw what looked like the weakening of a strong nation at the hands of an invisible enemy. The problem with 2020 for many people was that their best life could not be lived now. You hear me? Yeah. This thing messed with people's comfort. It messed with their, their idea of, of how they should live life. It messed with, with what they perceived life to be for them. You hear this phrase, I'm living my best life now. I want to live my best life now. I want to know how to be the, the, get the most that I can. I want to be the best that I can and all these things. Uh, about this, this, this idea of self-aggrandizement, this self-promotion. Uh, uh, 2020 messed all of that up. <laughs> and I say that's a good thing. Because we have been so self-looking, uh, 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 so self-promoting, so self Interested, you know, so self-driven uh, over the last few years in our country. Let me give you a news bulletin. Perhaps God allowed the trouble of the year to shake us to a place of dependency on Him. If I was in church, I would say something like, "Man, I thought I would get an amen for that." <laughs> when when God, when the Holy Spirit gave me that, that that was like a a, a flashlight experience. I'm gonna say it again. Perhaps God allowed the trouble of this year to shake us to a place of dependency on him. So we, we can't depend on our jobs. We can't depend on our influence. We can't depend on our, really on our relationships. We can't depend on all these systems that we've relied upon for generations. Really, what, what 2020 has unveiled for us is that we need to be depending and leaning and trusting and holding on to a God who never changes. So, so while... Go ahead. Been, we shouldn't have been depending on, on those other things to be with. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely right. It, it has shaken us to the very foundations of us. It has really caused us to take a look at what, what's, what are we really trusting in. And if we're not trusting in God, we need to go back and... and, and, and Redo the plan. Uh, let, let the Holy Spirit rework us. Let the Holy Spirit get us to a place of, of simple trust in Him. Because we, we can't trust in these other things. These other things will fail. They have time written on them. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've been hearing 
probably for the last six months that that nations like ours that have a a, a, a constitution federalist type of, of uh, operation only last for about 250, 260 years because they were built on people having a moral uh, uh, founding such that they could uh, in a mor- moralistic way follow the laws of their constitutions. Uh, so as you see in our country, mor- morality is, is a thing of the past. And so we, we are in the final days of, of this thing called America. And so at, for Christians, what are we going to do now? Now that we see our country changing from something that no one recognizes. Well, what are we going to do as, as Christians in this strange place that we find ourselves in? So this is why I say we can't carry uh, uh, some of those things from 2020 into 2021. 2021 is going to dictate and demand that we live life differently. Now, if we want to, if we want to replay 2020 and go through that, that's our choice. But as believers, we know better and we can and should do better. Right. We should we should put God on display in 2021. We should put the name of Jesus at the forefront in 2021. We should promote our faith in 2021. We should sincerely live our faith out in the public square in 2021. Why? Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it. They're they're putting their faith out there. Why are we the only ones who are allowing our faiths to be suppressed? We got to change that. 2021 cannot be that way for us. A new year, here's another news bulletin. A new year does not guarantee new life. (laughs) A new year does not guarantee hope and promise. A new year does not give us change, does not provide change. A new year don't even provide a new outlook. Only life in Christ does that. And this is what excites me about this new year. Because all the other new years, I really didn't give much much thought to it because I didn't have to in that regard. Because it was just a day-by-day walk for me with waking up and trying to live the Christian faith. But now I've been forced to really give deep thought to these things and so now I'm challenged with how do I go into a new year and what what should make this year different for for from 2020 in regards to me can't speak for everyone else so when I get to December 31st 2021 I should be able to look back and say okay God you 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 caused some changes to happen in my life you've done some things in my life I'm, I'm much better than I was on on January 1 2021 as I as opposed to where I am Uh, on December 31st, 2021. For the Christian, for the believer, it's about growth, right? Not only internal growth and spiritual growth, but outward growth as well. When Jesus said, go and make disciples, he was serious about that. And so we have to have the mind of Christ in regard to that. So just because it's it's a new year, it's not automatic that things will uh, uh, the outlook will be different. You, you, you can feel it when you watch the news. Everybody's excited about 2021. But no one's done anything to make 2021 better than 2020. Just because the calendar has changed, it doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> we have to do something about that. People have to do something about that. So 
there are a few parallels in our text that will help us to overcome uh, the present set of circumstances. Fear, again, fear and uncertainty dominated the thoughts and even the responses of the children of Israel. How can those who saw so much of God's miraculous power be so swift to resort to fear and dread? I'm going to let you think about that for five seconds. How can those who saw so much of God's power, so much of God's strength, so much of God's awesomeness, just in a day, lose faith in God? That's scary to me. If, if you can see God turn the, the, the river Nile into blood, how can you lose trust in him? If you can see him populate the land of Egypt with frogs <laughs> and flies and all this stuff, and then at the wave of a hand they go away, and you know it was Jehovah God, how can you lose trust in that kind of God? If you can witness uh, uh, the Passover that happened when the firstborn of all of Egypt died that night, and their homes were spared because they applied the blood on the on the doorpost and on the lintel of the door just as Moses commanded them their firstborns survived and the firstborns firstborn of Egypt died including the the house of Pharaoh how can you how can they lose faith in God that fast was it because they had too much time as slaves, 430 years, was that too much time to, uh, uh, to be overcome by, you know, a, a, a short few uh, spectacular events that was in their, in their existence? I don't think that was it. I think they would rather, and they said it, they'd rather uh, uh, hold on to what they knew, what they were comfortable with, what they f were familiar with, instead of embracing what God was bringing them to. News bulletin. <laughs> we are just like that sometimes. We are, we are afraid to go forward with God because we are comfortable with what he's done in the past or what we know in the past. But we, we don't have the capacity to see what he's doing. And so we get stuck in yesterday. And this is where they were. They were stuck in, in 430 years of bondage. They were stuck in 430 years of existence but could not move forward with a God that they did not know, but a God who was doing miraculous things in their lives. Couldn't move forward. Unwilling to move forward. All right? So, how can those who were rescued from the toil of slavery long for the familiarity of bondage back in the land of slavery? Just because Egypt was familiar to the children of Israel did not mean that this is where they were to be for the rest of their lives. Just because it's familiar doesn't mean we should keep it all the time, right? These old ways of thinking, these old mindsets, these old things that, that keep us stuck. This is where they were. Well, what about us? Just because it's familiar does not mean it's what God has intended for us. So this is a challenge. I know it is for me. As we move forward with God, we have to learn to embrace the things that God is is trying to put in our path to cause us to, to 
to grow deeper in Him, to have more impact in our world for Him. All right? So at this point in the narrative, the children of Israel had been slaves in Egypt for 430 years. They were well acquainted with that lifestyle. They knew where their next meal would come from. They knew where they would lay their heads down at night. They didn't have to worry about employment, schooling for the children, or long-term health care for mom and dad. They did not have to think about planning for the future because they were, their future was already planned for them by Pharaoh, by the, by the systems of Egypt. You see, Egypt set the course for their life. What a miserable existence. Well, I mean, what, a, what a miserable proposition to say, for someone to say, here's what you're going to eat, here's what you're going to wear, here's what you're going to do for a living, here's where you're going to live, here's where you're going to die, and when you're dead, you're done, that's it. On to your son, your daughter, your whatever, for everybody else. I, I, I couldn't live like that. I don't, know how, I don't know how they live like that. I don't know how they, they, they wanted to live like that. Is it because it was easy? Probably so, because you didn't have to think about these other things. How am I going to make money? How am I going to live? How am I going to thrive? How am I going to survive? When you look at it, it's really the the question for today in, in 2021. As people are shifting and 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 yearning for that type of an existence, we, we have a biblical account of what God thinks about that. And so it's a real challenge for us to live biblically because we, we see these things happening all around us and we know what God did with systems like that. Okay? So if I was at church, I would tell you, look at your neighbor and ask them if they have the exit plan. Look at your neighbor. Ask your neighbor if you have an exit plan. Do you have an exit plan? Do you have an exit plan to get out of 2020? Do you, Rochelle, have an exit plan, Ray, Susie, Earl, Sheldon, to get out of 2020 and to walk strongly into 2021? We need an exit plan. The children of Israel didn't have an exit plan. Yeah, they had, they had Moses' commands and his, his word to, to go forward. They, they had the commandment to get up and, and take all of their possessions and, and, and cook their unleavened bread quickly and get out of Egypt. They had that command, but they didn't really have an exit plan that would keep them into, that would secure them into the promised land. Their plan was good enough to get them out of Egypt, but it wasn't good enough to keep them in their future. We need an exit plan. We got to get out of 2020 in a great way. You think about it when you're on an airplane, they, they say they tell you, pick up your 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 bulletin and, and here's what you do when, when the you feel turbulence. Uh, uh, you may feel you may we may have a, a, a drop in cabin pressure and at that point uh, uh, the oxygen mask will fall down, will come down. Make sure you put yours on first and then secure your help secure your neighbor. If you're sitting on these special rows, you are designated as helpers. <laughs> All those types of things. This is how you put your seatbelt on. You know, this is how you arrive, how you will travel safely for this leg of the journey. We need an exit plan for 2020 that will carry us safely and prosperously in the Lord in 2021. Here's the exit plan. 
Pray instead of complaining. Pray instead of complaining. This thing yesterday was supposed to be a prayer uh, brunch, and we were going to be talking about prayer. Pray instead of complaining. The Apostle Paul said to pray without ceasing. Jesus said that this kind, this kind goes out only by prayer and fasting. The New Testament encourages us to pray, to pray, to pray. We've got to be people of prayer and not people of complaints. Right? Look at this. Verse 10. Look what they said. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their, lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Prior to a couple of days ago, every time I read that, I always thought that they cried out in prayer. That they were crying out and, and begging God to do something for them. That they were crying out in dependency of God. But what I realized is that these people didn't know God. They didn't, they didn't have a relationship with Jehovah God. He was the unknown God to them. The only gods that they knew of were the, the ten gods of Egypt that God miraculously and wondrously and powerfully destroyed with those ten plagues. They didn't know Jehovah God. They didn't know Yahweh. And so their cry was a cry of complaint. Their cry was a, was a shriek. When you look, I look at the Greek, the uh, Hebrew word, the word means to, uh, it's a shrieking cry, and it's a cry for assembly. And so they cried out to God in anger, but then they were crying out to one another to assemble themselves, to, to draw strength from one another. Well, their strength could not be found in one another. Their strength could only be found in Jehovah God. And so when we're crying out, let's not cry out in complaining. Let's cry out in prayer. Our prayer causes us to get the intention of God. Now, he already knows our troubles. He already knows our situations. He already knows our problems. But what prayer does, prayer gives us an opportunity to commune with the divine. And so we, we should not forsake uh, uh, um, the discipline of, of prayer in our life. It's a very important thing. And we don't do it enough. I know I don't. Do I pray every day? Yes. Is it enough? No. I should be praying more. Now, does that mean I'm constantly walking around with my lips, you know, moving and, 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 and you know, being in a visible posture of prayer? Not necessarily. I can pray with my thoughts. God is, is wise enough to, to read my thoughts. He's wise enough. He's strong enough. He's knowledgeable enough to hear my thoughts. So I can pray to God no matter where I am. And so their problem was they saw trouble and couldn't see God. Do we get like that sometimes? Sometimes we magnify our trouble and we make our trouble to be bigger than our Savior. We can't do that anymore. 2021 should cause us to pray more and see God more. Okay? Trouble was on their heels. They were literally about to be overtaken by Pharaoh and his soldiers. They were close. You know, if you read the rest of the chapter, uh, uh, you, you'll come across a verse where it says that, that God took off the wheels of the chariots so that they drove them down into the mud and they got stuck. If he would not have done that, they would have caught up to the children of Israel and to Moses. But it was the providence of God 
that, that protected them, that kept them. Okay? So the proper response is to pray. That, that's the first point of our exit plan. We got to pray. We got to pray our way out of 2020. We got to pray against those things of 2020 and pray for God to, to keep us in 2021. We want to pray for the, the hand of God. We want to pray for the wisdom of God in our lives. We want to pray for God to be in our lives. We want to pray for God to guide our lives. We want to pray to God to protect us from uh, COVID and whatever else might be coming. We want to pray to God to keep us from wicked uh, uh, politics. We want to pray to God to keep us from uh, the enemy. We want to pray to God to keep our houses whole. We want to pray to God to get the devil out of our houses, Earl. Like you say, he's in the upstairs. <laughs> we want that, that joker out. We want our feet on his neck. We want the power of God to reside in our houses. And nothing else. We want the favor of God to rest upon our lives. This has to be our 2021. We, we have to embrace 2021 with an attitude of prayer, dependency on God. My second point is verses 11 through 12. Look at this. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. My, my second point, the second exit plan is that we need to unify with others who are sincerely doing the work of the Lord. We need to link arms, hand in hand, arm in arm, with others who are really doing the work of the Lord. Right? Their response was, told, was to verbally assault Moses and to remind him of their desire to remain in Egypt. 2021 should, is demanding for us to have a change in position. They were leaving Egypt physically, but they were not leaving Egypt mentally. Their minds, their attitudes... Uh, their desires were still in Egypt. They could have cared less about the promised land. They wanted familiarity. Okay? They wanted the freedom. They didn't want the freedom of living in God's presence, but they wanted the, the, the oppression, uh, uh, the comfortableness uh, uh, that came along with Egyptian bondage. That's, that's messed up to me. I, don't, I, don't, I can't understand that. I can't grasp that. I heard in slavery days in the U.S. Uh, 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 with African Americans that same that same mindset uh, uh, was prevalent. Uh, uh, people who were now free really wanted to remain on the plantation because they didn't know what freedom looked like. They didn't know how to exist in in freedom, in in being responsible for your own life, for for taking care of yourself, for for answering to God for yourself. They they didn't understand how to do that, so. Their, their go-to, uh, their default was, position was to say, I want to stay right here. Because <laughs> I get three square meals. I have a roof over my head. Yeah, it's rough, but at least I know what I have. And this is the same mindset that they had. So we got to unify with others who are sincerely doing the Lord's work. I'll be praying this year that God will link us up with some people who are doing some things for the sake of Christianity so that we can link arms with those who are causing uh, uh, an impact for the kingdom of Christ in our world. 
That's the side I want to be on. That's where I want to be. Okay? I don't think God allowed us or caused us to leave our churches and to be away from that type of church um, to not be impactful in our world. Right? We're, we're believers. We, we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. And so we need to, we need to find ways to be able to bless the world and, and show the goodness of God. And that's what we're going to be about. That's what I'm going to be about. And you're welcome to come along for the journey. So we want to unify. Okay? The third point and final point is this. And this is a big one. You see it in verse 13 and 14. It says, and Moses said to the people, big words here. He says, do not be afraid. Huge words. They should have put that in super large font and bold in our Bibles. It says, do not be afraid. Look what he says here. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. My last point, the last part of our exit plan is we want to live by faith and not by sight. We want to discard fear and embrace faith. Was 2020, was 2020 scary? Yes. <laughs> Was 2020 a little dreadful when you think about it? Yes. Earl, I remember the conversation that we had. We were, in a way, game planning to say, well, what, what would happen if people, yeah. you know, rioted and come down our yeah. street? What, what was our plan? That's, that's a real, that's real. Do you have a gun too? Huh, ma'am? Do you have a gun too? I do. Okay. Yeah, I want more. <laughs> but that, that's, that's, a, that's a real, that's a real, that's a real threat. That did happen in neighborhoods. Unfortunately, it, it, it was not allowed to happen on a mass scale like those riots. But guess what? Their mindset is still there. The, 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 the schemes of the evil one are persistent, right? The schemes and the plans are still in place. So we don't want to be reactionary. We want to be proactive. So we have to live a life of faith and not fear. We want to discard fear. Now, is fear natural? It's a natural response. Yes, it is. If you're driving down the street and you see an 18-wheeler coming at you, you're going to be fearful if it looks like it's out of control and it's coming headlong for you, right? You see a man running down the street or running through the grocery store with a gun, you're going to be fearful, right? But the thing is, we should not allow our fear to dictate our response, this is what they did. They allowed their fear to drive their response. And they had no faith. Look what they said. I'm going to read it again. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. You really got to go back to verse 13, or 11 and 12. And when they challenged him about not having graves uh, uh, in Egypt and have you taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us like this to bring us out of Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this was going to happen? Look at Pharaoh. He's behind us and he's upset. He's coming to, to capture us and even to kill us. They allowed their fear to cause them to react in a negative way towards Moses and ultimately towards God. Okay? And that was the real problem. Two things in this passage. Two times in this passage, Moses mentions fear. They were advised not to be afraid. 
They were advised to be still. Some translations say stand firm, stand strong. Okay? Don't be shaky. Have a resolve. This is what these are the things that Moses is saying to them. Be strong. Stand still. Saying, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, where he says, uh, uh, For we wrestle not against the flesh, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And he talks about standing and withstanding. And he says, Stand strong. And then he goes on to talk about praying. Right? This is the type of resolve that we have to have. We have to stand still, stand strong, stand firm in our faith and not be shaky. Okay? They were advised to stand still. In other words, we should not rely on our own ingenuity. We should give our problems to the Lord and watch him fight our battles. Mm -hmm. This is what they were unwilling to do. Moses said, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. In closing, we should leave complaining in 2020. Say bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye, complaints. We should leave disunity back in 2020. Bye-bye, <laughs> disunity. Through with you. Done with it. Okay. We should leave fear and a refusal to see the work of God in 2020. Bye bye, fear. Bye bye. No more. No place in 2021. We should leave making our problems to be greater than God in 2020. Bye bye for bad <laughs> vision. Yeah. Bye bye to seeing my problems as greater than the abilities of God. Mm -hmm. So long. Arriva Durchi. Asla Vista. <laughs> <laughs> buenos dias uh, Buenos noches Good night I'm done with you Whatever whatever language you want to put in it Whatever thoughts you want to think about Be done with it Think about David When he finalized the victory over, over Goliath He didn't just knock him down He didn't just kill him He finished him by taking his head off right. We got to do that with these things That have held us, held us captive in 2020 we got to decapitate them. We got to do away with them so that they don't rise up again and start, you know, biting us on our heels and kept biting us on our calves and slowly catching up to us and pulling us down. We, we want to have the victory over these things. We have the victory by one, praying, by two, unifying with others who are living out and, and working the Christian faith and doing things for God. And three, by living in faith, living on faith, and not by sight. Amen? Amen. Amen. Bless you in 2021. I hope you embrace this exit plan. <laughs>